Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday's edition of Real Talk with Keith Smith. I've got a pretty exciting, at least to me anyway, panel sitting in front of me, and hopefully you guys will enjoy this conversation as well. We're going to talk to three real estate rock stars to talk about things from the Hispanic community's perspective in the Charlottesville region, and we're going to talk also a little bit about the market until itself from a millennial's perspective which is not me, by the way. That's those folks. <laughs> and that, oh, I don't know, Candace. I believe you're, you're, you're a millennial. Um, but according to the chart that I have, I'm not the guy that's the millennial. I can tell you that much. Um, but we're particularly going to kick off talking about um, these fine folks help bring an organization to town. And I'm going to let them tell the story, but it's the National... Uh, so, oh my God, I'm going to screw this up, guys. The, the National Association of, excuse me, National Regional, oh God, I've screwed it up. Candace, save me. Jump in, <laughs> tell me about your, and tell me how, NARA, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. Did I do that? You got it. Yep, you got you got it. it. Okay, I'm going to take another sip of my coffee. <laughs> that might get me a little bit better. Candace, tell us who you are, who you're with, how many years you've been in the business, and what's your role with NARA. Absolutely. Keith, thank you so much for having me on the show and having us on the show. Um, always excited. And if anybody knows me, obviously, I love to talk and especially talk about real estate and what's happening in the Charlottesville area and surrounding counties. Um, so NARAP is this amazing organization um, that is starting. So we're, we're getting it off the ground. And um, so National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. I'm going to write that down, Kate. And so, yeah, so the Central Virginia chapter is in its groundbreaking phase right now. And so I'm the incoming um, director for events, which means we have a lot of stuff to do and we still have some opportunities for sponsors. So if you're in or around or talk to or deal with anybody buying a home or interested in buying a home and you own your own business or you work for a company that you think would benefit, give us a call, give Keith a call, reach out because we do still have a few opportunities left for sponsorship this year and always looking for it. But back to me, I guess. I am <laughs> Candace Vanderlinda, owner of Buy and Sell Seville, Team Realtors with Remax Realty Specialist. Um, very long story short, I've been doing construction and renovations and, and involved with the construction and home buying process my whole life. Professionally, I've been a realtor for almost 13 years now, um, about 12 and a half. Uh, and I love it. I love helping people. I love talking about real estate and construction and improvements and whatever I can do to help people with this dream of home ownership and, and uh, getting to the goals that they want to achieve in their own families and their own lives. Well done. Virgil, <laughs> you're up next, sir. Thank you, Keith. And thank you guys for, for inviting us over uh, here today. Um, little background from me. I've been in the real estate industry for four years, started property management down in Miami, and then my wife got accepted into UVA, and uh, I, she pulled me with her, and we ended up in Charlottesville. Um, and what I quickly came to realize is that the Hispanic population I grew up around um, was not around as much here as in Miami. So I, I kind of missed that, and, and I realized I had a unique opportunity coming from Miami and uh, being Hispanic uh, to, to tap into that community and see if there's a way I could help them. Um, 
for since I got here almost, uh, I've been working at Storyhouse Real Estate and specializing mostly helping buyers uh, look for homes. Um, and I had the pleasure uh, about a year in or so to meet Anna and to meet uh, uh, another fellow colleague, Ricardo, who's not here today, uh, who's a lender at UVA, shout out to Ricardo. And, to, and they were sharing with me their mission to, to help the Hispanic community as well. So when they shared that with me, I was super excited to kind of uh, help them out and join along and see what, how, how I can be of help. So Virgil, you come from Miami, you only been yeah. here, what, a couple years? A couple years. Yeah. So, so tell me, what's the difference? How, how, I mean, the food's got to be different, right? The food is different. <laughs> the food is. Different. I know, as a New Yorker, I'm there too, right? <laughs> I, I get it. The food's a little different, but it's. I mean, it's great. It's a, the, the the thing I've loved the most about it here is the the change of space is, is, is smaller. Sure. Um, it's it's slower. Um, you're more present with everything. And Miami is a lot. It's a, it's a big city. It's hustle and bustle all the time. So, I've I've enjoyed the change of pace, and but the the biggest. The sad part about it is I miss my family. That's the... Uh, so most of your family's in, in Miami? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, everybody's right. in Miami. And, and from my wife's family's in Miami as well. Oh. So, so that's the part that we miss the most. And being Hispanic, the, the stereotype that we are all a family is very accurate. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's what we miss. But city itself, um, I've learned, I've come to love Charlottesville. And, and the more I've gotten involved with, with uh, professionals in Charlottesville and the industry and the people I've been able to help, uh, draws me even closer to, to the city and to the community. So and Virgil, I'm half Italian and half Irish, right? Okay. And we have the same kind, yeah. the same thing. And I have 13 nieces and nephews that live here and all this stuff. And we get together on a regular basis, probably right. every other Sunday. Okay. So you're welcome to come anytime. If you oh, ever want to yeah. need that <laughs> fix, yeah. that large family yeah. fix, yeah. and then you'll probably never come on the show again <laughs> <laughs> after, after that. Anna, you're up next. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here again. I am Anna Antigua. I'm the incoming chapter president for NAROP Central Virginia. I've been in real estate since 2019 with Keller Williams right now. But my passion started back in 2017 when I was looking for a house myself. And I saw that there was kind of a disconnect in our community um, helping people like me, you know, bilingual Hispanics, understand the process of buying. And that kind of launched me forward to find out more and become a real estate agent myself. And I'm so happy to be here. So um, CAR, and NAR, NAR does a really great job of this, but, but CAR, for whatever reasons, we really don't track demographics very well in our um, sales data. Right? We can look at number of units sold and price and where and square footage, but we don't really have a great sense of what the Hispanic community really is in this marketplace. Now, nationally, because if you can pull it from the 2003 NAR uh, Buyers of Generation Report, nationally, about 8%, right? By the way, in two years, so, excuse me, since 2019, that's jumped from 6 to 8%, so we're trending up. So just jump in, guys. Tell us about the Hispanic real estate community, particularly from the buyer's side. What does it look like in this area? How can we help? How can NARA help? And we'll just have a roundtable discussion. About yeah. Whoever wants to jump in, jump in. NARA is an organization that is all about advancing sustainable Hispanic homeownership. And I feel like it's a very important um, mission, um, especially in our area, um, because 
the trending that you're seeing is due to the population growth for Hispanics. We're very much uh, growing and we're involved, especially um, we're leading, I was saying that we're leading in the workforce nationally. Um, in our area, at least the, my experience that I've been seeing is that there's a disconnect, there's a huge gap um, between getting a Hispanic community the resources that they need to be able to accomplish homeownership. Um, and the way that NARUP helps to close that gap is by educating real estate professionals um, so that they can in turn educate the community. You're going to start with Smith to actually to recite what it means. So we're going to start there with Keith to be able to, to actually describe what NARUP is. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so NARUP again. <laughs> no, so NARUP again. Um, again, it's advancing Hispanic. Um, sustainable Hispanic home ownership and in turn uh, also advancing small businesses as well. So Virgil, you're on the buy side typically, right? It sounds sure. like you're, yep. you're a typical buyer's yep. agent, so you're helping everybody, but sure. we're focusing on the Hispanic. So what's the challenges? What do you, what do you need to overcome with the typical buyer? I think off area off we're talking about some, some tax or, sure. or immigration statuses. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's so, talk a little bit about um, that. The immigration issue is obviously a big one on a national level, um, but this goes kind of beyond that a little bit, right? So uh, a lot of the Hispanic community uh, arrived to the United States 20 plus years ago, and they've been living here for a very long time working. They have a driver's license, and they, they don't have a social security number, but they, they have what they call a uh, tax ID number, right? Why do they have a tax ID number? Because they pay taxes. Because they pay taxes, right? <laughs> So that means that the IRS knows that they're here. The state knows that they're here because they have a driver's license. So are they illegal anymore? I don't know. I mean, if you, if you pay taxes for 20 years, I feel like you're pretty invested in the country. Um, but because they don't have a social security number, um, when they go to but a how do you navigate? So how do you navigate a sale now, right? How do you navigate that with a buyer that may fit that circumstances to, to Scott well, Morris, right? Sure. Of Ross Mortgage. How do you, so how the, do you this take is, this is where the, the problem is, right? So a, a person with a social security number goes into a bank today and they most likely will qualify for a, a regular conventional product, right? So uh, you can get a 0% USDA loan, a 3.5% FHA loan, a 3% conventional loan, and so forth, right? You get the, a, a person without a social security number, but an ITIN number um, they won't be able to qualify for those same programs. They'll, there are some banks that will lend money, but they'll ask for a 20%, even 25% mm -hmm. uh, down payment at times with an extremely high interest rate, right? So when the interest rate, I think, were like at 5%, they were charging about 12% to get, uh, to get these mortgages. It sounds a bit predatory. So mm -hmm. that is like a clear roadblock to a people that have been part of this community for a very long time, that have been paying taxes, that have been working, that have kids that go to school here, that, you know, that, and, and they can't get a house. Um, not that they can't get a house, I mean, if they can afford the 12% interest rate and 25% down, sure. But why can't they be offered the same um, programs when, when they pay taxes just like everybody else? Right, and these programs are, in some places, when I first started looking, I literally, I, I joke, I called every state and try and figure out 
hey, how did you get the 5% down, which, by the way, UVA Credit Union now has mm-hmm. an ITIN program, yep. 5% down, um, and a true zero or a true zero credit yep. score, because that's another issue in our community. We don't use credit. We're scared of credit cards, and we just keep everything cash under the mattress. It's a lack of education and information which mm-hmm. is what Anna was telling me a little bit before we went live. Right. Uh, so yeah. having these conversations, like and working with Ricardo, for example, and saying, hey, Ricardo, how can we um, bring awareness to these credit unions and banks? Like, what do we need to do to have all the legal stuff sorted out so that we can have better programs for our community? So the challenge is, and, and Candace, jump in here, the challenge is um, pretty much multi- multiple, multiplied by many, many times factors because, um, you know, in, we've been talking about this forever. Inventory is just non-existent, non-existent. Price points are just, are, regardless of which report you look at, are climbing, right? And then you have this struggle. So, Candace, how, how does the kitchen table conversation happen with, with a Hispanic buyer and help them navigate? They talk about what, that's, what that conversation looks like. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting as um, as Anna and Virgil are talking about it, um, you know, Anna and I have been working in real estate for years now together, and I remember in the beginning, um, you know, we had this whole demographic of clientele that were interested but nervous because they had either been taken advantage of, Keith had a great word, predatory, um, you know, a lot of people that I talk with in the Latino community Um, or non-English first language speaking community in general are either taken advantage of in the past and then they're very, um, you know... Hesitant, yeah. Yeah, very hesitant to to proceed or move forward or to trust anyone. Um, And having, you know, having stashing, working for tips, especially I come from the restaurant industry for, you know, my first career before real estate and, you know, working for tips and having cash, getting, you know, family money or things like that and having it stashed under the bed, they think, oh, well, we have all this money and we should be able to qualify. Um, So having the educated realtors uh, talk with people and having the public generally understand that just because you have cash, it needs to be seasoned. Mm -hmm. A lender or a financial institution is not going to just accept a shoebox of, you know, $20 bills. I would love that to happen because I come from that industry primarily beforehand. I can um, give you my address if anybody I know. wants to get <laughs> yes, rid of has extra. But, yeah, so, so being able to trust that there are options out there and, and truthful individuals that will actually assist you through the process. And the best thing of all, too, especially working for buyers – you don't pay the realtor. Um, a lot of the, the clients that we had in the beginning, Anna, like she said, she was going across state lines, calling everybody, working with all different lenders and all different people across the board to try to find these programs for the ITIN, the International Tax ID numbers, where people were paying taxes, had children born in the United States and going to schools. They were paying for the, the parks and the recreation and paying into this country in this community and still not having the ability to get a loan that was of the same standard that everybody else with a social security number was 
had the option for. So she had done a lot of research, and, and we had successfully closed a number of people, mm-hmm. and the word started getting out. So again, word of mouth, sharing um, within the community as to who to call and where to go and what options are available. Ricardo with uh, UVA Credit Union, kudos to him too, because I remember when he came on, we met with him, and we were telling him and telling Matt Sputanos and telling the people mm-hmm. within the lending communities this need was there. Yeah. So NARAP is national. The Central Virginia chapter is just getting started now because we have such a massive demographic of people that we can help. So NARAP National, um, statistically speaking, actually, since 2013, the Latino population in home ownership has gone up 138% versus nationally other demographics. It's less than 40%. Well, cl- I mean, it's clearly, huge. I mean, I, I'm, I crunch in national data, local data. I'm, I'm a bit of a data geek on that stuff. The, look, at the end of the day, the two, the, actually there's four big buyer profiles going on right now. One of them looks like me, mm-hmm. which is a boomer, <laughs> right? And second is the millennial and the Zs are, are there big time on that end of it. I think together that's 140 million people that are in that category we're only about 70 and every couple of years we get less and less and less because we're you know aging out and then there's the hispanic community right these are the big buyer profiles so when you start getting folks that are millennials and hispanics and trying to buy you know i'm just trying to go back to great we've we've, narap we've got a lender we've got a program what the heck are they going to buy, right. first of all? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where the heck they're going to go? Yeah. And I'm looking at another number just to throw it up for a conversation. Um, the um, multi-generational home is up 14% mm-hmm. this year, last year, mm-hmm. according to NAR. My experience has been that's a, 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 a place where a lot of mm-hmm. my Hispanic clients Correct. are going yeah. to. So you guys want to... The big, the yeah, big question yeah. on, on what they're going to buy, I think, not only applies to the Hispanic community, but to everyone. I feel sure. like everyone's feeling like, what the heck are we going to buy? Because mm-hmm. there's no houses, not just for the Hispanic community, for everyone. But the, 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 the issue is, like, you can't leave a community out mm-hmm. of trying to, like, buy whatever is available. I agree, 100%. You know, yeah. I, my sorry, my experience too has been what you were saying. If, if my um, clients are always like, I need land, lots of land, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're actually more Hispanic in particular. Hispanic, okay, and they're more willing to sacrifice more. They're willing to oh, explain that. Um, so if they were living in two apartments, now they can squish into a smaller home to be able well, to be able to get a home they they see the value in that also they are the other thing that i struggle with is they want to pay it cash and they want to pay it right away mm-hmm. they don't like the the concept of credit um and they're if they can't find something they're like okay and find me some land then let me get, buy a piece of land and what's harder to buy than a house mm-hmm. right now Land. Right, right, Candace. I mean, yeah. you come from the construction mm-hmm. background. Everybody knows that I do. I mm-hmm. mean, finding Jerry did a great job. There's only like two lots available in Albemarle County right now that you could buy and build something yeah, on. Crazy. So that's a difficult conversation because that's harder than to find a house or a right. condo. Yeah. Right. So, so Virgil, um, it's been my experience with the Hispanic community. They really understand generational wealth. 
better than I mean everybody does, but they really have a good bead on it. To Anna's point, yeah. So, so is that a conversation you guys have at the kitchen table with the Hispanic thing that they're looking to yeah. to grow generational wealth for absolutely. their family and stuff? Yeah, like that? absolutely. Talk about I mean, that. a lot of my clients um, have either been renting for a very long time or bought a trailer many years mm-hmm. ago and have mm-hmm. been um, just paying a lot on the trailer and just mm-hmm. been living on the trailer for a long time. But they they understand. Their kids were born here, and their kids go to school here. And they're saying, okay, where are my kids going to live? Where, where, how, how am I going to help? How, how am I going to retire? How, like, all these questions are starting to come up, and they're starting to think more seriously about it. Um, I don't know if because like, information is now more easily shared through the Internet and, and everything than ever before, but everybody's being aware that there's, they can be better off than where they are. Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to get there, right. and they're scared. Right. right, because they don't know. They they're not educated. They came here to work. They didn't came here to to, mm-hmm. to, to learn. Work, anything. save money, mm-hmm. and, and for the families, and, and give money back to their kids. Give money back family. to their kids, and and live the, the quote unquote American yeah, dream. They right. are. Yeah, right. That's what we see too. So across the board, like we said, uh, available options for home ownership are down. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what price point. I've got multi-million dollar clients looking for land to build something, and it's just not available. So no matter what scale you're looking at, obviously having an equal playing field with a 5% down payment, not 25% down, and a standard interest rate, you know, if it's 6 or 7% versus 15%, mm-hmm. you know, doubling. So getting that on a better equal playing field is the well, first goal. they can compete goal. fairly. Correct. Right. Yeah. They can, right. Compete, they can sure. compete fairly. And if they lose to an offer... Well, they lose like everybody else. How many exactly. other people do we have? So how do they usually take the loss, right? That, that's an interesting question for myself. Do they take it? Do they go, okay, they, they stay in the game? Do I, they give up easily? I feel like my clients are really resilient compared, yeah, compared to um, somebody who can have like an FHA or a conventional. Yeah. Um, and they're, they want to get the property. Like they're willing to sacrifice more. Yeah. They're very insp- inspirational to me actually because as the market, you know, people want to wait because they see interest rates rising. Um, and I had clients who didn't. They're like, it's okay, Anna, how much is it? We're mm-hmm. going to do it. We can do it. And now those people are in a better position, yeah. mm-hmm. actually have rates that people now who have FHA, you know, how it's at 7%. You know, I had clients who took the opportunity and they have it at a 7% I-10. Now, you know, I-10 has doubled, but before, you know right. I mean? But, then, yeah. but once they're in, they can potentially refinance. I say this all the time. My first house that we bought, we paid 18%. Yeah. And refinance it a bunch of times. I do want to get back to NARAP. Yeah. And I do want to get back to this sponsorship question, right? Yeah. So, Virgil, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'll let you pick it off. Give me your two-minute, one-minute elevator speech why I should donate to NARAP. And sure. by the way, I've got a text here for somebody who wants to donate, so make it good so, <laughs> so we can get yeah. some more, we can get some more yeah. money. So before, no pressure, before <laughs> saying like why donate, you got to understand what NARAP, what we're trying, at least what we're trying to do with NARAP here, right? So it, it's, a, it's an association uh, catered to help his, uh, Hispanic professionals or any professionals that wants to get involved with the Hispanic community and the Hispanic community itself. Um, if you know the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors, you know that it's an amazing organization that helps realtors and lenders with education, resources, and, and as a result, they're able to really provide for this community um, very, very well, in my opinion. And I think NAREP is the, 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 the association we need here 
to do the same, but more catered to the Hispanic community. Why? Because when I got here, I didn't know a single Hispanic person, and we were all scattered. The professionals and the community itself. Everybody's mm -hmm. kind of doing, trying to do, help in their own way and their own thing. And I feel like we can help each other more together, right? Um, so with Anna, with Ricardo, with Candice, with Keith, we've you know come together and said, okay, let's start this. And right now we're in this orientation phase to start this chapter that does not exist here, right? We're starting something completely new that can have a long lasting impact on the community. Uh, because when all these Hispanic community have kids and they wanna enter the real estate industry, guess what? NAREP can be there to orientate them, to educate them. But it's so, more than that, Virgil, right? I mean, I, I, I may get myself into a little sure. bit of trouble here and, mm -hmm. and navigate me if, if I do. Um, look, the reality of it is, who's helping us Who's serving us, right? Who's running the service community right now? It's the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. The Hispanic, I mean, I come from a, a construction perspective, right? You know, uh, most of our subcontractors, way, even way back when I got out of the time of great unpleasantness, they were all Hispanic. They showed up at sunrise, went down at sunset. They were just unbelievable mm -hmm. to help us get forward. So if we can't help the people who serve us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Find a place to live. I, I, um, it was one of my things that I've been quoted. I said, one of the great things about what we do, one of our whys are, is that we get to help people with one of the one requirements for a trip around the sun, right? Mm. It's clothing, food, and shelter, right? Mm. So we can't help the people who serve us with sure. shelter. And that's what this, that's what this yeah. donation, that's what this sponsorship yeah. is going to do. I, mean, I needed to jump in. Please, the the please sponsorship money it's going to help us open this chapter. We can't, we, we, the National Association, uh, or the National Association of Hispanic Professors, NAREP itself, uh, puts goals in, our, in front of us. Like, we, we need to meet certain goals to start this chapter and to make this a real thing. And that's why we need help. We need help from anybody that's willing to help uh, sponsor us um, because we need to get this started because the community needs our help. And, not, and, the, and the professionals in the community need our help. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we need to work together in this. And, and that's why we're asking for help, because it, it, I think it's a big deal. It's never existed here. And by, sponsor, you, by sponsoring us now, you can be one of the first. Like you, you, like that, that's a big deal as well. Like If you see the potential here. So how do I help? Candace, how do I sponsor? Yeah. So, by the way, I left my checkbook home. But how yeah, do I sponsor? Yeah. So sponsorship is really easy. Um, Michelle is there. We have an email address. Maybe we can pop out there. But sure. um, reaching out and letting any of us know, and we'll get you the form. Just fill out how much you want to sponsor, the name of your company entity or, or your name, and tell us how much you want to sponsor. You'll get in with logos and information, constant. You know, our world is bombarded with social media presence however quality um, effective social media presence in front of all of this huge community and demographic so not only do you as a business owner get your name out there through NARAP and NARAP National in this NARAP Virginia chapter you also get to share what you're doing I know like at Colonial Auto Service for example they have you know who they sponsor all the time Charlottesville Settlement Company they sponsor a lot of, of really worthwhile organizations there are so many ways to to spread the word on what we're doing because we are helping 
helping people. Um, one of the biggest things, talking about what Keith had said earlier at the kitchen table, you know, one of the biggest challenges I see with most people who, uh, you know, a lot of my friends and family and close relatives are Latino. They're from Mexico. They're from El Salvador. They're from Dominican Republic. And they come to me and they go, oh, well, we had this opportunity. We bought this house and we took, we assumed a loan or we got owner financing or something 10 years ago. Well, now we want to sell and, and buy something different. What do we do? Well, if the home is in disrepair, um, or I have a, one person in particular, a, a retired person who has no debt on their home, but it is in so much disrepair, they have this number in their mind that they have to get. I said, well, why do you feel that? Well, because I don't want debt. Well, why don't you mm -hmm. want debt? Why don't you live your best life mm -hmm. and enjoy your day-to-day -day and have that cash or have that financial ability to pay for when your HVAC system goes down, to pay for the roof that needs repaired, and, and really maintain and, can, and, and afford the ability to live on the day-to-day. -day. So the talking at the kitchen table about the entities and the organizations that are available is really valid. Another thing, too, just because you don't have a social security number doesn't mean you can't start your own business. Right. A lot of my friends and clients in the Latino community have their own businesses. So they're paying business tax. They're paying personal tax. They're paying you know, rent. They're paying into the school systems, and they're having this community and growth of family. Well, come join in with NARAP and learn and educate yourself, your friends, and your family about how you can now take this next step. You own a business or you, you, can, you um, are able to assist people within the community because you offer the service. Well, let us offer you a service, too, and let us get your business name out there. So I, It's I, a win-win. I'm going to give some good news here in a second. But um, So I teach a little certificate class at Piedmont Community College to contractors that kind of want to go from a truck to an actual business, and I help them do that. It, every small little class that I do is always Hispanic, full of Hispanic. There's, that, that's, that's who's there. But Virgil, your little uh, elevator pitch worked. Uh, Johnny Arnalis of El Mariachi um, is going to reach out to you guys and is, is going to sponsor. So, Yay. look, the power, awesome. the power of social media used for the good, not for the for the bad, um, is going to get you guys. Uh, well, a, we, we a really little... thank you. We yes, really, thank really, and I may get a, I may get a margarita out of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. The cliche, it's, it's the cliche saying of it takes a village. And yeah. by partnering with us and helping us and sponsoring us, you are supporting a group of diverse professionals mm -hmm. who are connected to growing and growth. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. So pivoting kind of away from that back to the, to the general market overall, right? right? We're all in that space, right? We're, we're here to talk about, about the Hispanic community uh, primarily today, but you know, for helping folks across the board, we all got a little bit of different experience. I've got three and a half decades, and we kind of go from a couple of years to that point. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, you know, I've, I've coined this thing, uh, this term called O-shift, right? <laughs> so the market is O-shifting. Well, the market's always O-shifting, right? Uh, it just seems to be shifting a little bit heavily right now. But from your personal businesses, so how's it looking for you? You know, are you way down? You know, how do these, again, to focus on these kitchen table conversations, how's that going for everybody? 
We're doing well, good. We're not. It's interesting because, you know, the Q2 report for our Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors just came out. And overwhelmingly, every, you know, all our six surrounding counties basically are down in number of sales. I mean, we have the, the number of sales are down well, where, 17% where, where, no, 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 in Charlottesville. Well, and the, so um, if you can pull down Real Talk with Keith Smith, you get an opportunity. I've got reports. To make a long story short, we're at 2016 volume. Right, so yeah. we are 2023 yeah. at a that is a volume of units sold, but prices are going up. So I'll let I'll mm-hmm. let you finish your train of thought. Oh yeah, no. So it, um, ultimately, I think that people being aware that yes, there's low inventory. That does not mean that sellers are getting to just price wherever and not have the right condition. I always in my business, I'm like a, a broken record. It's priced properly for the location and the condition. Because people will not buy if there are things that have to be done that they don't feel of value. So whenever you're looking to sell your home or market your home for sale, be realistic with it. If something is going, some repair that's needed is going to cost $500, assume that buyer is going to want $1,500 for that same repair. Because why should they have to do it if you don't do it? Um, So the reality of the lower sales numbers overall in a you know, a little bit higher sale volume, median price, but not really for the the number that we have in in closed transactions and looking at properties that have come back on the market. So if you're looking to sell or market your home, make sure that you've done it right. Look at what the pre-inspection items are. You know, shout out to inspectors too and all the, you know, talking about helping the community and taking the village, getting the plumber out there, getting the painters out there, getting the contractors out there to fix and or repair the things that are going to come up anyway. It's for your better. And then again, we get to help this community. Yeah, just because the, just because there's low inventory and the market is hot, doesn't mean you can price the house or whatever you want. It's not going to sell. Price mm-hmm. always matters. Yeah, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've stayed busy, but we don't have inventory. Yeah. Well, correct, right? So, <laughs> so, so they're getting all the calls. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and it was interesting because to me, you know, I've been doing this since '87, and I and this is, you know, I I, I call of the from from the beginning of COVID to the kind of the beginning of. 2022, depending on the month, I call it the unicorn years or the unicorn time in real estate because it was just a real unicorn. That is never going to, that type of interest rates and so forth and so on is never going to happen again. But this feels like to me kind of like a 2016 market, right? You know, it's going to take a little bit more. The difference is inventory was way higher than it is at this point. So to your point, Candace, and please other folks jump in. I'm going out to San Diego. Yon and I are going out to San Diego next week. We do a, uh, a housing conference every year, and I'm doing a little bit of speaking. And I'm, I'm talking about what I call the six requirements for the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on some of them. Location is always the case. Mm-hmm. Price, features, conditions, the timing, right? What's the right timing? And some of our fellow real estate agents don't like when I say this, mm-hmm. but who's on the other side mm-hmm. matters more now than ever before, right? Mm-hmm. Having a professional on the other side 
makes a transaction happen. And it requires all these six things to make it happen right. on, on that end of it. You, you got any thoughts on that, Virgil? You're looking at me like, like I just crossed the line no, no, no. or something. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're not crossing any lines. I, I agree with that 100%. And, and my business is kind of saying I've been staying really, really busy, uh, but there's no inventory. So I have a lot of buyers. So define busy. Define busy. Busy. I get a lot of phone calls. Yeah, good. Um, we're meeting with a lot of lenders. We're crashing numbers. People want to buy. Yeah. Even with the rates the way they are, they're like, yeah, but I still want a home. I feel like mm-hmm. the, there's basic needs. People, Some people are either getting divorced, need a smaller home, or they're moving here. Their kids are moving here for school. They want to have an investment property. People still want to buy, uh, but there's no houses to buy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the struggle that we're, we're, we're all feeling. Um, but, I mean, it can't last forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and speaking to Keith's um, comment as well, having a professional realtor on the other side of the transaction just makes a world of difference. I'm fortunate to be helping a multi-generational family acquire a home. Um, they came to the country about 10 years ago and have businesses. Is that and the one that we Ms. may be Yana, working on? That may be yeah. the one we're working on. Like I said, a, prof- a professional on the exactly. other side. And it, it just makes a world of difference to know, understand, respect, and trust yeah. that who you're talking to on the other side of the transaction is, is Really you know, you're not talking to me. Doing. You're talking to Yona. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 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 a better half. As Bet, you would better say. seven eights. Better seven eights. Better, let's get it. Let's get the math yeah. right. Yeah. Let's get the math right on that. Yeah. So to, to everybody's point, I'm looking. Uh, so I do a seven day for the car footprint. Going back, 93 homes closed in the last seven days. That means 93 people at some point in time put a contract in, went through the process, right, maybe 30, 45 days ago, and closed in the last seven days. That's at 7%. So, so people are out there doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It can be done. You need the trusted advisor to help you navigate um, this. And, th- and that's where that number six is so important. You really need trusted advisors on both sides mm-hmm. to help na- navigate, navigate that. But uh, Virgil... So how are you keeping the people in the game? How, how, how are you trying to have this conversation with your awesome good looks yeah. and your smart <laughs> and, your, and your super smart? How do you keep Keith in the game? Where I'm just I want to give up. What what? How do you do that? What is that conversation? They don't they don't want to give up. Really? Yeah. So you they, none of your clients hit a saturation point. Is this specific I mean, maybe, to the Hispanic? Maybe one or two. I mean, is a good it, portion of the Hispanic people, they, they don't give up. They're like, we'll just keep looking until the right thing. I get that. Well, let's yes. talk about somebody who's not but, Hispanic. But, but somebody who's not Hispanic, they're kind of in the same. A lot of them are not in a rush. Um, and the ones that are, are willing to sacrifice a little bit more and take a little bit more risk to make it happen. Um, I feel like the ones that have to move here, are moving here for work or, or, or just need to buy something now, They'll take it, whatever, whatever's on the table, they'll, make, they'll, they'll figure it out. And the other half is just not in a hurry and is just willing to wait for, for whatever because they understand how valuable it is to buy a home. And uh, the point I, was make, I made to this client another, um, the other day, it's houses right now are rare. When something is rare, it has value. And it will hold its value, and the value of it will grow because guess what? Not a lot of people have it. So, yeah, if you have to pay a little bit more for it above asking price, even if you have to get an interest rate a little higher right now, you're going to get something that nobody else is able to get. Mm -hmm. So it's worth getting it. Mm -hmm. So even in this hard market, because there's not a lot of it. In 2008, it was the complete opposite. You were buying stuff that everybody had, and it, it was extra. 
to go around. Don't remind right? me of that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the other way around. Nobody has it. Everybody's yeah. looking for it. So yeah. you can get your hands on it, even if you pay a little bit more for it. You're in a good spot mm-hmm. for, a, for a while. I mean, how long do you think it's going to take for inventory to go back to what it was? Well, that was the question mm-hmm. I was going to... I, on record, have said, I think this is five to ten years out. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm with you. That's what I've been telling people. So if you think... If and you why, are you saying now, that? why are you saying that, for Virgil? Because I saw the data before COVID, and the numbers were very, very different than what they are now. Like, more than doubly different inventory inventory level like for us to go back there has to be an explosion of inventory right right? for there to be an explosion of inventory you either have to build a lot fast which is really hard to do ain't gonna happen right Mm -hmm. especially here right um and or there has to be an enormous amount of foreclosures right oh everything everyone's gonna foreclose and why won't that happen well, who's going to foreclose on their 2%, 3% mortgage? Who's going to want well, to stop paying well, that? Well, I mean, I mean people, that, that could happen, right? They, God forbid they lose jobs sure, and stuff but like, like even like. But, but Candace, why won't that happen? What if most people have more now than they've had back in 2008? Well, there's hopefully equity. more equity. equity. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, if you maintain your home, mm-hmm. you'll grow in equity and you'll be able to utilize that value. We also saw, you know, with low inventory, there are a lot of people, again, like a few years ago, taking out, you know, refinancing. Um, even if mm-hmm. interest rates are at 7%, if they were at, you know, 7 or 8 or 10 before, and now they can pull out 200000 out of their, you know, 500000 now priced home mm-hmm. and redo a sunroom, add a garage, add a basement, uh, you know, finish it, add a bathroom, do something like that, they have this opportunity to do it instead of moving. So there's um, another thing, too, especially with the Latino community and the Hispanic community, um, the resilience I see is, you know, a lot of my clients have contacts. Oh, we need to, you know, we are looking at this home that's outdated. It's priced well. We, We love the location, but it's totally outdated. Well, I've got someone that can do the floor. I got someone that can do look features and conditions Absolutely. very quickly because look they they understand location and they understand price and go look I've got the resources to do mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. if I had a thousand bucks every time I get a phone call about hey do you know a plumber or electrician yeah this island Yon and I go to down in the Caribbean we would own right? <laughs> you know it, it, it's it's great but but to the primary reason of purchasing which is an interesting stat turn it to uh, the millennial and the Z Right, desire to own a home. This is per 223 NAR buyer and seller's generation tool. 47% of the 24 to 32 are desiring to own. Mm-hmm. So that's that Z. That's that Z mm-hmm. age, and I can't even comprehend that age. <laughs> yeah. but, but that Z, that Z age, the, sec, the second one, highest one, is the 33 to 42 right. mark, which is the millennial, and, the, and that's at 37. When you get to my age I dropped to about seven so you know on that end of it so the desire to own is there I would love to know what the desire to own percentage is from the Hispanic perspective because they, they don't break it down right. that that way um, but look you know I'm, I'm inventory I, I've been on the record to say it I'm going to continue to say it you know, we're, we're not going to build our way out of this. This is going to be a five to ten years. It's going to require a lot of trusted professionals and advisors to navigate it. But Candace and, and Anna, jump in. Why do you think it's going to take that long from your perspective? 
to get that far? Well, if you look at the, the building permits pulled by county and by location or municipality, and also looking at the municipalities that are open to commercial and residential growth, um, there's a reason Waynesboro and Stanton are really starting to boom, and we have larger entities that are looking at bringing in um, a lot more jobs, which then homeownership and residential communities that are being built out, now you don't have to drive across the mountain or drive 45 minutes away to a job that's actually going to be worthwhile to pay your mortgage. Um, and then uh, whenever commercial activity and residential activity increase the tax base, well, guess what? Your schools have more funds available to do improvements and, and offer um, better education and, and more quality teachers that are involved. Your parks and recreation um, increases. And then if that's increased and more people are living in the community, then it, it all becomes better than your, um, your restaurants, your shops, the hours of operation can open and increase and allow for more accommodations. So really, I love the statistic. You know, 13 years ago when I was getting into real estate, it still is true today. For every one home, for every two homes sold, a job is created because of the amount of people that are involved throughout the whole process, before, during, and after. So really, home ownership not only benefits the, the family, it benefits the community, the statistics. Obviously, everybody's aware of the, the, the child education and statistic rates of, of um, growth and improvement when, when a young person knows they're going to bed and waking up in, in their own place and secure and safe. Um, warm and comfortable, it, you know, they can be, you know, people can become better educated. Um, and then again, the extracurricular activities and the fundamental features of life that this country was developed for. I'm getting goosebumps. I love the fact that. Um, and the I was AC's born not even here. on her. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, gosh, yeah, not even that. I'm just excited. So, so, so Anna, can you play off of that excitement? So, why do you think? We're, we're, you know, because you're kind of new to the business, right? right? right. So from your perspective, uh, why do you think we're, we're like years and years out? I mean, what, what's your, what's your um, thoughts on that? I like psychology a lot. So the, I'm sorry? I, I like psychology a oh, lot. Wow, I went cool. to University of Georgia for psychology. I did not know that. I know in real estate, there's a Am lot of... Am I getting analyzed right now? Psychology. <laughs> yes. I, I, I am going to make a... Uh, my opinion is that there's a scarcity mindset happening and, oh, yeah. it's, and it's causing, um, you know, what we're already talking about. Nobody wants to let go of what they have and they want to hold off to maybe sell it off in the future for way more. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that makes the, the trickle or everything slower that you're holding on to what you have. So you have that scarcity mindset. So I think I, I agree with you at happening between five to ten years um, because everyone is like, there, I don't want to let go of what I have, and maybe in the future I can get. Well, I, I was having a, a conversation yesterday with a buddy of mine that he bought in 2020 new construction, and he has a rate of uh, like low three percent. There you mm -hmm. go, right? Mm -hmm. And he's thinking of he's from New York. He's thinking of moving back because his family's there, and um, and he was telling me we're just like I, if I if I sell the the home, I have to buy a more expensive house mm -hmm. at a higher rate. Mm -hmm. I could probably rent my house and make some profit out of it, Correct. but I'm never going to see this rate again. Like, I do not want to let it go, Like, and mm -hmm. especially if, if he doesn't have to. And I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, they don't want to 
let go of that mortgage, that unicorn that you were talking about, Keith. Like, it's who wants to let go of that the, unless they absolutely have to? The other thing that, I, you know, we, we have been bombarded by social media. Um, and I know for a while it was like, flip, you know, flip the house and make money this way and like buy. And like, you know, you would find those deals. And we completely shifted from that. I was reading something on Bigger Pockets the other day. Um, I forget the term. Maybe you can remember or remind me of the term. Somebody can secure a rental and have an agreement with the, mm-hmm. with the owner that they can rent. The rental and just make like thousands of it so yeah so that's like a rent mm-hmm. rent to own rent to purchase um that when we've talked about this with jerry and i over in the show for years you know there's seller financing that sounds like a little bit like that so if the seller is does not owe anything on it they can go ahead and do a seller financing i said this on the show and i will continue to say it the three percent mortgage was not a good thing mm-hmm. it was a great thing for at the time mm-hmm. but it has really put people in boxes. Um, Jerry and I were discussing this the other day on one of the shows that I'm sitting at kitchen tables and I'm looking at people across that. They're panicking because they have to move. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it might be just the way things are going these days, but we've got a ton of divorces we're dealing with right mm-hmm. now. And they have to sell. They have mm-hmm. to sell. And now they're in this panic because they their, their income lose now their unicorn. Mm-hmm. Well, their income now is split in half, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In theory, right? And and now they, neither one of them can buy. So as a real estate agent, mm-hmm. you're going, hmm. You know, I'm getting the listing, and I'm potentially getting two buys. But that's not where we are right now. Right. We're trying to negotiate. We're trying to navigate the social, the um, psychology part of it. But one's living on one side of the house, and one's living at the other side right. of the house because they can't move. Yeah. And. This is something I've never seen. This 3% and the impact of it in three and a half decades is putting this market in a different place than we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. Well, some of it, too. You know, Keith, you had a great point earlier as well. Um, You know, I... I was involved with um, my, uh, when I was younger, when my mom bought her first home, you know, and um, and going through, looking at the interest rates when they were in the teens and low 20s and that, um, that demographic of buyers is only at 11% thereabouts, and the demographic, you know, so people that have owned homes at 18% interest rate look at it and go, yeah, okay, it was three, but now it's seven, doesn't matter. I bought at 18% right. back, you know, my first home. The the Gen Z and millennials and that, they don't have that. So they do have this scared, timid, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Living in the monthly payment, um, being able to buy down points and buy down percentage, mm-hmm. you know, lenders are making, very creative. I think that's making a comeback the buy downs. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And you know, different also look at what your career path is. If you work for a service um, like a you know, hospital, fire department, uh, police, you know, if you have certain um, job uh, uh, opportunities or if you have a career path, you might find a lender that actually offers incentives with lower interest rates or um, money down or, you know, assistance um, to help you get into a home because you want to work where you 
provide your service. Um, so I think, too, again, the scarcity of people wanting to hold on or looking at, you know, so many people look at, oh, this interest rate or, oh, I need this number. Why do you really have that in your mind? And then sitting with the people, having a professional realtor sit with you and break it down, break down your net sheet if you're selling, break down your, your income and, and what your monthly payments really are if you're buying, and make sure that those numbers work and not just looking at this percentage or looking at this dollar value on a large 30-year scale. That's not what your monthly well, life most, is. <laughs> most people buy by the monthly payment than mm -hmm. do that. So um, yeah. I want to give you a shout out from the Erpy's family. The Erpy family said hey to everybody. Hey. Uh, it was something in <laughs> I can barely speak English, but he said something in Spanish, whatever high <laughs> means, and, and, and have a great show in Spanish. That's what he was typing down Thank there. Thank you to the Erpy family. Uh, a great yeah. family. Uh, and I'll tell you, if, if you need a financial advisor, they're ours. Reach out to them. They're, they're just wonderful wonderful people. But back to Candace's comment, and, and Virgil, I, I want to kind of jump in on you a little bit, you know, with, you know, where are you helping your Hispanic buyers look, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Augusta County, again, if you pull down Real Talk with Keith Smith in the, in the reports tab, Augusta County single family detached from January 1st to the 31st. This is a year over year, right? Mm -hmm. Going from 2016 to now, 2016, the value uh, uh, was 100. It was selling homes for 198,000. This uh, first six months were at 330, but 347 sales happened. Now I take a look at Greene County. You know, pretty much had the same trajectory on value. It's maybe not the same county, but only 111. Mm -hmm. So that's telling me: is, is your buyers looking at Augusta? Are they looking at Buckingham? Where, where, are, they, where are they going to yeah. help solve that problem? They're looking at Augusta. They're looking at Waynesboro. They're looking at Green. They're looking at Madison. But that's going to shift with the I-10 issue, right? Because they're looking there. So why is that? Because the, uh, the, it's more affordable, right? So if you have to put 20 So they're going to go further out is what you're saying. Further out, right? Yeah. Because the median, I think the mm -hmm. quarter two report put the median price around here around close to $500,000. Yeah, it depends on right. the jurisdiction. Right, mm -hmm. but we're around there, right? And if you have to put 25% down for that, that's hard to make happen mm -hmm. for anybody, mm -hmm. right? So, but because the median sales price is in Green, Madison, um, Augusta, uh, Waynesboro, Fluvanna are lower. Well, to your it's point. It's a little bit more, you know, uh, they, they can do that a little bit more. But with the ITIN, with what UVA Credit Union has done with this new program, that that may start to shift. They, they, they're, they, that's not an issue for them. Well, if you if you only now have to put down five percent, got it. Now no, you can no, now no, you can be like, well, I can get, stay a little closer to Charlottesville, where so, I work, where my kids want to go to school. Things so like I'll that. butcher this, but Stanton or Staunton, depending on mm -hmm. what part of the world you're from, medium sales price is two two fifty. Augusta County three thirty. Um, Waynesboro, two twenty-five. So you're, so you're, um, and these are year-to-date numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, you're so you're at two fifty in Staunton or Stanton and Waynesboro. You're at two fifty-five. You know, Augusta's up in Lake Monticello. Um, you know, I, I, I've learned this from chairing the uh, Piedmont Community Land Trust, and we help people from eighty percent AMI and down, and we range usually between sixty to eighty percent AMI. You've got to be at this 225, 215, 250 number to really hit that right. hit that market. But Virgil, are you saying I'm going further than that now? Mm -hmm. Am I going further than 
and I'm working in Charlottesville. Is that what we're talking about? Not, for, not so much further. They'll stay, they'll stay in there, but th with the item program, they want to get closer, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So they can afford more. So because they now they can afford more. Got and it, they want to live here. I mean, who doesn't want to live in, 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 in Albemarle, Charlottesville, where the market is a lot more insulated and so, protected? So Green County, I just ran the numbers this morning, as of today is at 385. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is single-family detached yeah. now, guys. Right. No new, exactly. new construction. So one of the things to consider, again, is when people are renting, we have a high, high volume and high-density rental market. Apartments, attached homes. But those are know. going up, Candace. Well, but Rents. however, so if people are, if families are renting and their kids are in school in the Charlottesville Albemarle locations and they can afford in Green or Louisa or Orange or Stanton or, or going elsewhere, well, then the kids don't, they don't want to uproot their children from they their don't. friends and their family. So with this 5% down program, Staying in the community and staying in the central area within the school district that the children have already started attending, that's really valuable. So you ask a lot about the pushback that buyers have in, in proceeding. A lot of it comes down to, well, I've got three kids and they already have this established, you know, um, sports teams and friends and schools. And mm -hmm. even though we really want to buy Man, we, we can't afford anything where we're already living. I'm going to take it. For the sake of a talk show, I'm kind of going to take a counterpoint here, just throw mm -hmm. something out. So as a listing agent, mm -hmm. I've got this program we're talking about at 5%, and Candace brings something in. We're still in multiple offer world, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Right? Is everybody in agreement yeah. with yes. that? that? That has not gone away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, certain price points, maybe not so much, right. and mm -hmm. maybe certain locations, not so much. But generally... We're kind of in multiple offers. Mm -hmm. So how, how we're going to be helping this Hispanic community, how you're going to convince me as the listing agent, I'm looking at two exact deals. One's got 20% down and one's got 5% down. Mm -hmm. So that's, talk, not, that's not any different like working with anybody else. Yeah. Right? Then working with somebody that or has a VA loan, right? I'm a, a, VA, I'm a disabled right, exactly. veteran. That's no I different. hate if that you, when people. If you get a USDA loan or a VA loan or an FHA loan mm -hmm. and it goes against a conventional 20% down, you're going to lose. Okay. Um, so that doesn't oh, matter. Are you really going to lose? Well, for the, I've won. You, but in, in most cases, you lose because unless you are willing to offer way more, or or you, you lose take out the home because the, the the sellers want, or you take out the home inspection, <laughs> yeah. you do other things. The sellers want more secure financing and know that somebody, if there's a little bump on the road, that they can afford the issue sure. and move forward. Um, so it's more it's more certain. But by having this new ITIN program, at least during the conversation, just like everybody else, before they weren't. So are we now seeing recently, last couple to three weeks, month or so, are we starting to see home inspections work their way out of the market again? Are we starting to see that? Yeah. On that I'm, on, seeing, on that I'm seeing home inspections go in. I've Good. been able to no negotiate a couple and Good. been able to get credits. And, and, and look, I don't think it's just being thrown out the window. I'm Good. also seeing less cash. Really? In the com competition, mm -hmm. uh, it's not coming up as much, at least in the last month and a half. Um, the offers we've written, it just, I don't, I'm not seeing it as much. Well, I'm going to um, look up a quick report and see, while you guys are chatting yeah. to see what the 93 that closed uh, for the last mm -hmm. seven days, how much was, was cash, cash and how much was yeah. that? I would say, too, look at where I'm, I'm assuming that the more of the cash is going to be in a, in a higher yeah. price point and mm -hmm. closer into the city yeah. um, mm -hmm. because there's more competition. <laughs> but Virgil, uh, I might push back a little bit on sure. that. I'm looking at those. Uh, 94 transactions, uh, 24 of them were cash. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and I'm like, seeing you know, I'm seeing more cash than less cash. It's because okay. of the interest rates. And my sister actually was just debating whether to do a loan mm-hmm. or cash, and it made more sense to use their cash than. Well, see, I'd, I'd I'd suggest the opposite. But, I know. But they but, were they were making. Well, they're going to use it as a rental. Okay, and, got it. Yeah. It's an investment property. Yeah. Now, now I get it. Yeah, I yeah. Get it. One of the things too that was brought up. Um, I, everybody knows I come from the construction world originally. My life, you know, I had a paintbrush in my diaper. I was, you know. <laughs> Short, too short to work the saw, so I was standing on buckets and stuff. You I used to work really... track hose and skid steers. Oh and God, stuff yes, like that. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So um, one of the things is, you know, I've talking seen it, about. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> I like to. You know, my my. I ran the other way, the by the way. Space. I ran the other way. <laughs> um, but you know. Really, when you're doing a showing, educated realtors, like I know my agents that work on my team, you're getting in the crawl space, you're looking in the attic, but you actually have a wherewithal to understand and identify with the buyer during the showing, hey, these are things that are going to come up. I'm not a professional um, contractor. I'm not a licensed inspector. We have great inspectors in that. But listing agents doing pre-listing inspections may or may not be a good thing. That's a whole other ball of worms <laughs> we can you know, talk about. Oh, um, I love pre Yeah. And, you know, but just making sure that your buyer goes in fully protected and knowledgeable with their professional realtor on what to expect with that home. So if it is competitive and they go, you know what, we really love it, but I don't feel comfortable waiving a home inspection, great. We've already been in we've already been through the home with a person that's knowledgeable to tell you, yes, it's it's uh, you know, it appears that on this street there's five homes out of the nine that have radon mitigation systems. This is what it looks like. This is something to be aware of if you test an it's high you're going to be responsible for that the windows need replaced the toilet you know windows roof heating and cooling systems some of the big ticket items if those are identified before you put an offer right. together i always preach to my agents that and needs to, to my be clients done at the to listing do that side before you get on to kind of, it is kind of yeah understand where, and for, where you're but going. for the buyers I, i'm just shocked out of the 94 24 cash I, I thought it was high i didn't think it was that high mm-hmm. so again that's just a seven day snapshot on, yeah. on and what it looks, and I would love, I, I would love to break it down on what jurisdiction. Yeah. Uh, my suspicion, most of it's probably like in Albemarle County and sure. some of the mm-hmm. higher dollar, dollar volumes. But back to your point about uh, and and to play off the new construction a little bit. Back to your point on there's hard things to find mm-hmm. at certain price points. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing, and I'd love to see what you guys are thinking. I'm experiencing people are pivoting to new construction more often. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're at this six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar range, right. uh, mm-hmm. which is not affordable by any stretch mm-hmm. of imagination, uh, meets the affordability uh, check on it. But they're moving to new construction mm-hmm. in, a, in a huge way. Are you guys seeing that also? I've had more of a shift. Oh, yeah, that for way. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, how do you navigate that? Because you know, new construction is a different animal from a real estate perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Sure. It's a whole different set of contracts and negotiations. How's that going for you? Um, I mean, like anything else in real estate, you have to have be able to explain to your client what they're getting into before they get into it and make sure, like Candace said, that they're protected in all ways, um, that all the inspections are being done accordingly. Um, yep. I, I'm, I'm seeing more of a, of a change to that because also there's no inventory, and so where are they going to go? They right. want a house. Mm-hmm. So the ones that are available are the ones that aren't built yet. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that that might be the reason as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree 20, with that. Uh, and a lot of our clients that have been not in a hurry 
and that are in that price point uh, because lower than that, it's really hard to find sure. a good it's new impossible. construction, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they, they, they'll definitely go and, and, and do that. Um, and then there's clients that don't want to live next to a house that looks exactly like theirs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. want to build something on their own, but then they can't find land, right? So I've got three custom home clients I'm working with right now, and, and the, the two difficult discussions are where am I going to go, which is mm-hmm. always the number one, which is location. And then number two is price. I mean, a custom home, you can't find anything that doesn't have a one in front of it. And I'm not talking 100,000, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 These are seven yeah. figures and up. And, you know, in a way, I was like, oh, man, I should get back in the building business. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the cost of constructions are, are, are off yeah. the charts yeah. and, and all that stuff. And that is a hard conversation to have with somebody who's relocating, right? right? They're right. coming from that. We, we were talking off air. Area medium income by HUD for our area is $123,300. Let me repeat that. The area medium, median, sorry about that, Neil, median, I keep on saying medium, but it's the Yankee and I just can't do it. Uh, Median uh, income is $123,300. Miami, what was it, 90-something? 74,000. That's in Miami. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, I, I'm doing a, a, a thing in, in um, D.C. in September, and I'm on with all these people from these different really luxury markets, and they're just, minds are blown that we're 123. And that's where these costs come in, right? right. This is why this stuff is so ex, so expensive on that end of it. But I, I'm trying to wrap my mind Virgil, right? I mean, we joked about this. Uh, Quentin Beck and I was joking about this on the show one time. We're going to coin the term fly until you qualify. I mean, you know, people going to Harrisonburg, beyond Harrisonburg. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, were you, where are you going to help your client at this 250 350 price point? How are we going to help them? It's, it's very hard. Um, and a lot of... It's it's you have to either save more money, or, or wait. If you're in that two fifty three fifty price point and you don't want a condo or a townhouse and you Even want a single family, to come by. yeah, yeah. But if you want a single family with a little yard, you're gonna have to go a little further and be very patient until the right thing comes along. And my buyers are just, um, especially the Hispanic community, they're loyal. If you really help them to them, mm-hmm. they'll oh, stay yeah. with you and 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 they're loyal to you and 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 they'll wait and they'll wait. I, um, when this ITIN program came out, I called the client for a year and a half ago because mm-hmm. I always check in with them and I'm always on top of them. And they're excited that they can now uh, afford something a little bit more and, and their situation is a bit more realistic. Um, and it's, it's, it's just patience right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. I'd love, uh, I'd love to chime in. It's real talk. You have to be real with I your clients. You, huh? <laughs> it is. It is. And well you know you what? Do, yeah. It doesn't do us any down. good to not be honest and real with our clients and say, yeah, you know what? Sense. You want A, B, and C, yeah. and you can get D, E, and F, but you're going to need to give up something. What is it you're willing? You drive a little further or right. you have a smaller home? Right. What I'm, is the value to you? I'm going to give a shout out to Michael Guthrie. I don't know if he's watching or not because I'm, <laughs> I'm not following the feeds, but and I've, I've totally plagiarized this line from him. Uh, and I use it regularly. When you sit down at a table and you have these, honestly, I'd rather disappoint you now yep. than disappoint you yep. at some point down the road, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have this hard, tough kitchen table conversation yeah. and 
Mm -hmm. Well, I'm working with some Hispanic clients right now that they were getting a little issues getting all their paperwork together. Sure. Um, so we spent the last two weeks just calling all all their people just to get the paperwork that they need, right? Um, and at the end of it, we were kind of finishing up. They were like, oof, the hard part's over. And I was like, no. The hard part <laughs> is just beginning. Um, we're trying to get you qualified here. And once you're qualified, I'm going to be very realistic with you guys. And this is what I told them. I told them, it's going to get harder. And, you're and not as gonna you go some... through the process, it's going to get even exactly. harder. Exactly. And, 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 and to your point, you have to be real with them. And they're going to appreciate that. Who doesn't appreciate when somebody's being honest with them? I'm not trying to, yeah, um, like, like uh, show that show them things that are not true. Like, it's a hard market for anybody. Mm -hmm. Well, you want that relationship established that way now yeah. because that's a real relationship, right? Mm -hmm. right. All relationships are, are structured in honesty, right? And if you're not, and it's not mm -hmm. that I'm saying other people are dishonest, you know, they're, but they may not be sharing accurate information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, omission is also yeah. a, a, a bit of a sin in my book. Uh, but, look, uh, guys, we got five minutes before we wrap up, I don't know if you guys realize this, but this has been close to an hour and a half at, at this point talking. So I want to rally back around why we started with NARAP and how people can help. And we'll just do a quick little round table and let you guys kind of wrap up a little bit. And then we'll get on with our day and try to help people buy and sell and make dreams happen yeah. for that one trip around the sun every year. Do you want to share so the Anna, event? Anna, since you are the chairperson, yes, I'm going to let you wrap up. You say whatever you want to say and... Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll move down the line. Yeah. We have our uh, first virtual event coming up August the 17th. Um, we will be sure to sh uh, share that. I'll share it with Keith so you guys can please register and sign up. It is the untapped mega market. Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking about uh, Hispanics and homeownership um, and all of the things that we have learned and how what's coming what's coming for for charlottesville and central virginia area um please uh again register sign up support us we have been working hard um since we started in 2019 um, we really just want to continue to grow and get connected to the right partnerships and organizations so like what what we were able to do with ricardo and uva credit union get that information out there so there can be an actual change and an actual growth in our community. Virgil, well done, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. This is a big deal. We're, we're starting something completely new, and we have a unique opportunity to help uh, the Hispanic community and the professionals involved. And I think you would want to be a part of that um, because it, it, it's going to make a, a very long-lasting impact for longer than I think we, we can anticipate, just because it's going to set the foundation for, for, for what can be uh, a very beneficial um, uh, headquarter of resources for, for everybody. So uh, come join us. Come to the event, August 17th, 1 p.m. It's online. It's free. Uh, so just put it there. Just, just listen to what some of our panelists have to say um, and, and come be a part of NARA Central Virginia. So I, I love uh, movie quotes and things. Help me help you. There you go. Um, I, so that's not, I, I stop that. I literally <laughs> wrote down, help them, help, help, help. Yes. Stop it. So advancing sustainable homeownership, no, NARAP is here to bridge the gap 
um, between the tools and the resources for the community that currently doesn't have a voice. Um, just plug away. It's free. It's live. It's virtual. We have four panel members, UVA Credit Union, the Diaz team, Peter, Joe. It's going to be an amazing event. Chime in. Register August 17th, 1 p.m. Um, just come learn about it a little bit. And as sponsors, you get your name blasted. You can blast it to all your clients and everybody. Let's get the word out. Let's promote as much as possible. And again, bridge this gap that's so needed for this massive demographic here in Central Virginia. Well, f first and foremost, uh, we didn't talk about this. I'm on the board. Yes. I don't know how I got there, but I'm on, yeah, I'm on, Volan told you. I'm on, the, I'm on the board. It could be some of my volaholic problems that, that I have on, on different boards. So I'm honored to be there. I surely feel like I don't deserve it, but I'm honored to, to be on it and help in any way, any way that I can. So, folks, these are outstanding individuals. Go ahead and sponsor them. You know, you can just Google search it. You'll find all this stuff online to help them out. I knew this was going to be fun. I knew this was going to go fast, and it did. You guys are all welcome back anytime that you want want to come back on the show. Um, Jerry's going to be back in that seat where Candace is. Uh, I miss my buddy dearly, um, uh, but I'm so glad that he took an opportunity to spend some time with his family, and I hope I didn't screw up things but so, so bad <laughs> since he, he was gone. But uh, we'll be back on Monday with Jerry in the spot. We're going to do a little bit of Batman and Robin and catch up with Jerry and catch up on the market. Um, but everybody have a great weekend, and we will see everybody on Monday. So Thank have you. a great day, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Thank Thank guys. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.